Hey guys, what's up? My name is Tyler. I'm the thank you. Um, I'm the student intern here. And uh, real quick, thank you. Uh, real quick, I just wanted to tell you a story before we start. So one time, a long time ago, I was about six or seven years old, and um, I was. This is. Let's see. Yeah, I was, I was sitting in my living room with my mom, and uh, it was late at night, or I thought it was late at night, so it's probably like 8 p.m., you know? And, um, you know, my mom's flipping through the channels, trying to find something to watch, and she goes past, she goes past something that I thought was interesting, and uh, so I, I told her to go back to it, and when she flipped back, it was, it was boxing, right? I, a boxing match. I had never seen boxing before, um, but for some reason, I really liked it. Um, I guess I was just like really into violence or something. Um, I'm not sure. But um, so we're watching it for a couple minutes, and then I say, um, I say, Mom, I, I want to do that when I get older. And she just, she just looked at me, and she's like, "Oh, you can't do that. You're too skinny." And right? I mean, I did what any other six or seven year old would do in that moment, I started crying because she just crushed my dream of like becoming the next Mike Tyson or like Jake Paul or something, right? And she was like caught off guard by that and she was like, she was like trying to make me feel better. She was like, um, oh, oh no, don't worry. It's just like, I don't want you to get hurt. Like you're just too small. And you know, that didn't make it better. I just started crying even harder. And um, I'm basically inconsolable at this point. My dad was upstairs, he, he comes down and um, he's like, he's like, what happened? And you know, my mom, my mom tells him, you know, that I wanted to box, and um, she, you know, and I was, I was just like crying. I was like, she said, <laughs> she said I was too skinny, and and you know, he, he was just like, why would you do that? Like, why would you say that to him? Because he understood the power of words. So tonight we are starting a new series called Sticks and Stones. Um, sticks and stones. So who here, just by show of hands, has heard that saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me? Basically everyone, right? But I believe, I believe that's false. I believe words have power. Okay? Words influence our actions, they influence our thoughts, and our relationships, even. Like, okay, they influence our actions. Uh, peer pressure. Everybody has, basically everybody has dealt with peer pressure. I know I have. Um, for me, specifically, um, growing up, I would be with a group of guys that I was friends with or a group of guys that I wanted to be my friends. And um, let me tell you, with guys, it's, they usually like try to pressure you into something like potentially dangerous or it's usually embarrassing. So they would be like, you know, I was, I was the shy kid, so they're always like picking on me. They were like, they're like, Tyler, go, go do this thing or say this to that person. And I would always push back and be like, no, no, I don't really want to. Like, what if I get in trouble? Like, what if they get mad at me, you know? And um, I, would, I would usually, well, sometimes I would end up doing it because they would, be like, they would be like, well, if you don't do it, you're not cool. If you don't do it, we won't be friends with you or we won't be friends with you anymore, which I heard that a lot, actually. That doesn't really make sense. Like, I'm not friends with them anymore. But... Um, Anybody who says that isn't a good friend to begin with. But um, yeah, I mean, I would do it because their words influenced me. Words also influence our thoughts. They influence the way we think about ourselves, right? So just imagine you are, you're at the mall, 
right? You see this, you see this cool outfit or this cute outfit that you like, and um, you're like, oh, I would look really good in this, and you buy it. And the next day, you get ready for school, and you're like super excited. You're like standing in the mirror. You're like, you know, trying to make sure everything's right. You're trying to make sure your hair is like just so, you know, and. You you get to school and uh, and then all of a sudden you're like you walk in the doors and you're like palms are sweaty like your knees are weak like you, you know the thing you're trying to make sure there's no vomit on your sweater and and you're you're walking around just just like just like what do people think of me like does this look good do I look like a fool like all that and then and then somebody walks up to you and is like hey is that a new shirt that's that's really nice or like or like dang those shoes are really cool those are clean and then all of a sudden. It's like it's like this weight is lifted off your shoulders, right? You start to be more confident. You go from you go from thinking, man, it, do I do I look weird? To like, yeah, yeah. No, I know I look good. Yeah, thanks. And um, you know, it changes the way you think about yourself. Now, on the other side of that, uh, there's bullying. So, like, you know, uh, people people might say things like, uh, man, you need to eat more. You're way too skinny. Or like. Or man, you're so pale. You need to get get out in the sun more. Or like, man, th- what's what's up with their face? What happened? Like, there's this weird red thing on it. Like, I've never heard that one, but I don't know. Um, they, they people words that people say can can create insecurities within us. They change the way we think about ourselves. Words also influence our relationships, right? So if you are with your friends and you're constantly just like putting them down, like making fun of them, making like these mean comments, like you're going to have to find new friends pretty soon, right? People do not want to be friends with people who make them feel like crap, okay? And it's also true for our uh, romantic relationships, right? Like if if your words don't communicate to your significant other that you love them, that you care for them, that you support them, right? If you're always like saying you're to this or you're, you're to that, like you're going to be single pretty soon, right? Nobody wants to date anybody like that, right? So it, it, it's, not, it's not just our words that we speak that have influence, that have power. It's also the words that we, that we text, that we DM, that we like, put in the comment section on Instagram or whatever, or Facebook, which most of you probably don't use. But... Like, if you're nice in person, if you, if you don't say mean things in person, but then, like, over text, you're like, you're, you're dumb. Or, like, I hate you. Or um, people probably don't say that over text. Or, like, on Instagram, comment a picture, like, why are you wearing that? Or you're ugly. Like, that's going to have just as big an impact as it would saying it to their face. Right? <clears throat> Our words have the power to bring life, unity, and peace, or to bring death, division, and chaos to those around us. Now, in, in the beginning of the Bible, there's a story of how God created everything, right? So at first, there's God, and then like a bunch of nothing, right? And then, and then God says, let there be light, and then, and then there's light, it appears. And then he goes, uh, let there be land, and oceans, and like trees, and stars in the sky, and sun and moon, animals, literally everything. He creates all of that just by speaking it into existence, right? And then, and then he steps back. He says, this is all good. But now, now I'm going to create humans in my image. I'm going to create humans in my likeness to be like me. 
Now, if God just created literally everything just by speaking it into existence and then creates humans to be like him, he creates us to be like him, that means our words also carry great power, right? And I mean, we don't have the power to like create physical objects out of nothing, right? Like I can stand here and be like, let there be an apple in my hand. See, nothing happens. But like I said, our words have the power to, to, bring, uh, to bring life, unity, and peace, or, or death, division, and chaos, right? They influence our actions, our thoughts, and our relationships. So let's look at what, oh, yes, let's look at what the Bible has to say about our words. So we're going to be in James 3, verses 1 through 5. So it starts off saying, not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. That's a pretty crazy statement. Like, nobody, or sorry, if you don't mess up in anything you say, you're perfect. You're able to keep your whole life in check. That says a lot about the power of our words. Next, in verse 3, he says, When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Now, if you don't know anything about horses, um, I have a bit right here. If you don't know what a bit is, it's, it's this. It looks like this. So this part right here in the middle, like, goes in the horse's mouth. Like, they bite down on it, like, like that. And then these loops on the ends, that's where you attach the reins, like the little, the little leather part that goes around the head. And then like, like the, the, the cowboy or whoever's, whoever's riding it will like pull on it, right? So like, you know, he'll be going forward and then pull to the right and the horse's head will turn like this and then the whole body will turn the other way, right? And then he can pull left and the horse's head will turn left and the horse will start going this way and almost fall at the stage. But then the guy pulls back and it, it just jerks his head back and he stops. Right, so the horses, this little thing right here controls the, the direction of the whole horse. It determines where it will go. Next, in verse four, he says, or take ships as an example. You know, if you, you're not a horse person. Although they're so large and are driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Now, Again, if you don't know anything about ships, there should be a picture right here. Yes, there we go. Uh, there's a ship, right? Pretty big. It holds, um, you know, big number of people. I don't know. Um, but in the back right here, there's this thing called a rudder, right? It goes, it's made out of like wood or metal or wood, I don't know, whatever the ship's made out of. And it, it sits up and down like this in the water, as you can see. And then like the, the captain or the pirate or whatever who's like steering it will like steer the wheel. And if he steers it this way, it'll like turn this way and, or turn the other way. And the way the water moves past it, it'll like turn the back of the ship one way and then in turn, turn the rest of the ship, right? So this one small part of it controls the direction of the whole ship. Next, next in verse, uh, sorry, in verse five, yes, he says, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. 
Right, he's saying, in the same way, our tongues are small, and our words come from our tongues, obviously. So our words may seem small, but they determine the direction of our lives. Right, he says, consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. So, yes, we have a picture. So, um, it's here in Florida and many other states, uh, it's illegal to throw, like, a, uh, a cigarette butt on the ground because, like, that's littering, and, um, you know, littering's illegal. Uh, but in California, it's different for a very different, or, sorry, it's illegal for a very different reason. California is a pretty dry state, if you didn't know that. And if you throw a cigarette butt or something that's recently been on fire on the ground, it has the potential to create a huge fire, right? Like this, this isn't a rare occurrence. This happens like once every couple years or something. Like people have to evacuate their homes, go to a different city. Like the, the air is very polluted. You can't breathe that in and be okay, right? He's saying our words like that have a huge impact. Right, and next we're going to look at, look at some more scripture. We're going to look at uh, Matthew 12, starting in verse 33. Now, a little background. Right before this happens, I spilled water in my Bible. Whoops, that's not good. Okay, uh, right before this happens, Jesus is walking along with his disciples, and uh, they come across this man who's possessed by demons, and Jesus, being who he is, he, he heals the guy, sends the demons away, and the Pharisees, you know, these are the guys who are like the professional uh, religious people, they know all the laws, they, they teach the laws, they see that happen, and they're like, this guy, he must be possessed by Satan, the king of the demons, because he just sent the demons away, and Jesus hears that, and he goes, well, that doesn't make any sense. And he, you know, proves them wrong, defends himself, and then he starts talking about our words. Right? He says in verse 33, make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. Right? He's saying, like, this kind of makes sense. A healthy tree is going to produce good fruit. It's going to taste good. It's going to be beneficial for you. And like a rotting, diseased, bad tree is not going to produce good fruit. It's going to be sour. It's going to be like, I don't know if it'll be bad for you, but it's definitely not going to be good. Like, I don't know, you might have diarrhea for the rest of the day, but, you know, I've never done it. I don't plan on it. Um, so he's, he's saying you can tell the condition of the tree by eating its fruit. All right, next he says in verse 34, you brood of vipers... How can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. That's a pretty bold statement, right? He's like, you brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? Right? He says, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. He's saying something about their hearts. He's saying, he's saying their words are, are venomous. They're poisoned. They're, they're hurtful. They're not, they can't say anything that's good because there's something wrong with their hearts. Right? Next, Next, he says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. That, that kind of makes sense, right? That's pretty self-explanatory. Whatever is inside you is what's going to come out. So here I have a Coke bottle, but you can tell there's, not, there's no Coke in it, right? It's, I have water in here, so if I have water in this bottle, when I pour it out, 
what comes out. It's water. Exactly. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Whatever is inside us is what is going to come out. It doesn't matter what we look like on the outside, right? Like on the outside, we can pretend to be one thing, right? We can pretend to be a kind person. We can pretend to be loving. But then if there's something else inside of you, people are eventually going to see that, right? Next. Next, he says, but I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Right? He says, everyone will have to give an account for every empty word that we've spoken. Another way of saying that is, we'll have to give an account for every careless word that we've spoken. Every careless word. So, Another quick story. I was at work at the Boys and Girls Club uh, last month. Yeah, thanks. Um, and uh, and I, I brought a group of kids into this room. Um, we were having some sort of party that involved food. And, you know, we, we get in there and I'm like, hey, everybody go sit down. Like, just, you know, for a second, I'm going to get this food ready and then I'm going to call you up, whatever. And... So I'm doing that, and there's, like, a bunch of kids just, like, crowding around me, like, pulling on my clothes and, like, yelling my name, trying to get my attention. It was pretty overwhelming. But I, I looked up around the room. There's kids, like, running around. Some are yelling. Some are throwing things. It's utter chaos in there. And I'm, like, I was just, like, hey, everybody go sit down. I'm going to get this ready in a couple minutes. Like, you know, just be patient. And one of the girls, she was, like, standing up at a different table that wasn't hers, like, talking to people. And she was like, she was like, but he, he, and I don't know. I, I just cut her off, right? I was like, I was like, I don't care. Quit being a fool. Like, go sit down. I didn't think about it. Um, I was pretty careless with what I said. Um, you know, I didn't think of anything of it. I call everybody fools. But anyway, she goes and sits down. A couple minutes later, um, you know, I'm actually distributing the food. And she had a friend who was sitting at her table with her. And she comes up to me and she's like, hey. Uh, she's over there crying, and I immediately realized, like, oh, it's because of what I said. Like, what the thing, the careless words I used caused her pain. They hurt her. So, I, you know, I went over there. I apologized. I was like, hey, I'm really sorry. Um, you know, I, I didn't make, mean to make you feel like that. I won't do it again. And, you know, she forgave me, or she said she forgave me. And, um, but you know, th- that didn't take away the pain that she felt, right? She still cried for, like, another 30 minutes. Like, our words, no matter how small we think they are, have a big impact. If we don't think about it, if we're careless with our words, we can cause great pain. Whoops. So, what do these five verses say about our words? Right? This means that we almost always mean what we say, right? But but what about when we are having an argument with you know a friend or family member, and and we get we get a little heated, you know, and we we end up saying something that hurts them, and and we go back later and we're like, hey, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to say that. I'm I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Well, it doesn't matter if you meant to say it, you still said it, like, just like this bottle, what comes out of us when we get shaken up? What comes out is what was already inside of us, right? 
And now look, there's, there's a mess. Somebody's gonna have to clean this up. It'll probably be Ryan, I don't know. But what, what if like, there was something acidic in here or painful? Like, I'm sorry, did I splash any of you? I'm sorry, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. But if, if that was like something acidic and it got on somebody, it would hurt, right? It would, cause, it would cause pain, it would be much harder to clean up. So the, there, there's this, there's this um, famous, well, I don't know about famous, this old Chinese philosopher, his name was Lao Tzu, and uh, he lived a long time ago, he's, he's, he's gone now, so if I'm pronouncing his name wrong, he can't correct me. But he, he, has, this, he has this famous uh, quote that says, watch your thoughts, for they become your words. But really, we can replace that word thoughts with heart, because whatever our heart is dwelling on, that is what we're going to be thinking about, usually. So be careful of your heart, because from it come your words. Then the quote goes on, it says, watch your words, they become your actions. Watch your actions, they become your habits. Watch your habits, they become your character. And watch your character, for it becomes your destiny. Saying, our words determine the direction of our lives. It's not just the Bible that says it. Lots of smart people understand that our words have great power over our lives and the lives of those around us. Right? If you can control your words, your life will be better. Right? Think about all the times that, that you have caused pain with your words. Think about all the times that you've said something that you regret. Right? Think of all the messes that you've made with your words, all the times you've been in trouble for something that you said. If you can control your words, you can avoid all of that in the future. Like, right, like, like James said, he said, anybody who never messes up in what they say is perfect. They're able to keep their whole life in order. If you can control your words, you'll be better at loving your neighbor. Right? So, that's really, that's what Jesus told us to do before he left earth, went back to heaven. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. He said, love your neighbor in the same way that you love yourself. Right? Because through that, we can show the love of Jesus. We can show people who Jesus is and we can bring others to know Jesus. I mean, really, that's the whole point of being a Jesus follower, right? Is to get people to know Jesus. Right? If you're a Jesus follower, this is basically how you should think about it, how your life sh- how, what your life should kind of revolve around. If you're not, if you're not a Jesus follower, this doesn't apply to you, but if you are, if you do consider yourself to be one, this is how it should go. You should say, Jesus has saved me for my sins, right? He's forgiven me for all the bad things that I've done. And because of that, I have this hope that one day I will go home with him in a place where there will be no more pain, no more crying, no more death, no more bad things. It'll all be perfect. And I wanna bring everybody I know and love along with me. And if you can control your words, you'll be so much better at that. Now, that, that all sounds really great, right? But 
You might be thinking, where do I start? How do I, how do, I do that? Well, you start, you start by loving yourself, right? You start by changing the way you think about yourself, you change the way you talk to yourself about yourself. Because once you start to truly love yourself for who God made you to be, you can, you can love others for who God made them to be, right? We need to start listening to what God says about us, right? Once we start listening to what God says about us, that we are loved, that we have a purpose, it'll fill our hearts with that goodness. And we can then pour out from that, from that, from the overflow of our hearts, pour that out onto others, right? Imagine, imagine if everybody, if we all could do that, right? All of our words would be loving and encouraging. It would be supportive. We would bring life, unity, and peace to those around us instead of causing pain. So over these next couple weeks as we finish this series and even after that, um, because this is something that's important even when we're not talking about it at United, I want you to think about I want you to think, think about how you can better control your words. I want you to start listening to what God says about you. Don't listen to what the world says about you. Listen to what God says about you. Because if you can control your words, your life will be better. The lives of those around you will be better. You'll be better at bringing others to know Jesus. So I'm going to close in prayer, and then we're going to go into another time of worship. If you need to come up in here, come up here and pray, you can do that. During worship, if you want to stand up, if you want to sit down, lay down, jump up and down, do whatever you feel comfortable with. God, please help us. Please help us to control our words. Please help us to listen to what you say about us, not what the world says about us. Please help us to love our neighbors better in order to bring them to know Jesus. Please be with us as we go through this week. In Jesus' name, amen.